episode 66 of A Hoop's Journey featuring Mark Trasolini is brought to you by Parkside Brewery and Good Lad Clothing. Episode 66. Upon reflection, just finished recording with uh, none other than Mr. Mark Trasolini. Super great episode. Um, this is an underrated one, I think. A man who's had lots of success, really intelligent guy, and a great basketball player. I think people will really enjoy this one. Thinking about the players that I had the opportunity to coach against you know, along my career so far, he's definitely up there and one of the toughest, right? I remember playing against Mark. Would we just play behind? Would we pinch? We could have someone front and someone um, behind as well to try to just pinch him and not let him get the ball. Do we just front and see if they can throw it over top? And we were never able to figure it out. He always, you know, destroyed us. And it was really frustrating, but it's because he's just a great player. And when you think, in, and if you have the opportunity, just look up, you know, Santa Clara men's basketball all-time record holders, and you'll see he's right up there. I'm guessing that at some point he's going to be a Hall of Famer there because um, he deserves to be. And uh, carved out a really nice pro career, um, Italy, France, and now, now playing in Japan. Shout out to ScoMo and uh, shout out to big Robbie Sacre, the three big men from BC all end up there, which is pretty funny when you think about it, but also really cool. And the beautiful thing about this show is that your hoops journey can take you anywhere. And thanks for riding with us, and we know you'll love this episode. Let's get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You know the deal. It's a hoops journey. We are already on our way to episode number 66. Um, Phenomenal stuff. We appreciate everyone staying with us. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And I'm uh, excited today to chat with someone who I think maybe could be in the vaults as one of the most, I don't want to say underrated, but maybe slept on British Columbia players we've produced. Um, looking up and doing some research the last couple of days, I'll go down the list here, at, you know, from his career at Santa Clara, 12.6 rebounds, 1.3 blocks. Um, in the all-time ranks, he's number six all-time in points ahead of none other than Mr. Steve Nash himself, eighth in field goals made, eighth in free throws made, second in blocks, sixth in rebounds. The list goes on and on. And this young man, I'll call him a young man because he's younger than me, um, those stats make me feel better because when we tried to guard him when we was at Vancouver College and I was coaching at St. Thomas More, there was literally nothing we could do. So I always questioned, was it me or was he just that good? And now that we've seen what he's shaped himself into, it obviously wasn't my coaching. It was his ability to just play basketball better than what we had. Uh, we have none other than Mr. Mark Trasolini with us today. How are you, sir? How's it going, Aaron? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Good, man. I'm doing well. Life for you, you know, young family, getting back to getting ready to head back overseas. Um, how have you guys been enjoying the summer and what have you been doing? You know, things are kind of opening up for us, but uh, what is life looking like for you and the Trasolini family these days? Yeah, it's been pretty pretty crazy summer. Well, obviously going back to last year, even a crazy year. Um, but uh, we we went all the way to the finals this year, so we played really late till the end of May, and then uh, had a little vacation in Hawaii. So by the time we got back to Vancouver, it was like end of June. Um, had to do the quarantine, which wasn't too fun. Um, and then uh, you know, by the time we got out, it was July, and so I've been here for like a month uh, in our in our house here, and uh, gonna have to go back August fifth uh, back to Japan already. So it's like it's been a blur, <laughs> no doubt. And then you've had this loser har- harassing you about being on a podcast all summer. So 
<laughs> you can run, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I got some time. My kid, my kid's uh, asleep right now, so it's kind of like uh, you know, relaxing, uh, quiet time for me. Yeah, you enjoy those naps while you still have them, my man. We've got an almost five-year-old, so the naps are good and bad. You know, it's like it's nice to have the quiet time, but uh, also when, you, when they drop them, it's like you can just kind of get more done and do more things for the day. You know, so did you go to uh, did you go to Maui? Or where were you in Hawaii? Hawaii? Uh, we went. No, we went to Kona. Actually, um, was it good? Yeah. No. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, obviously, I hadn't been. We hadn't been on vacation in like I think eighteen months or something like that. Um, so, like Japan and Canada, Hawaii is kind of naturally right in between there. So it was a nice, you know, six seven hour flight. Uh, I spent a couple weeks there in like a an Airbnb. Then we came back to Vancouver. So yeah, it was just awesome to. You know, after the season, always just take a few weeks off and, um, you know, get some quality family time in. What are you doing for uh, just training and stuff? Where are you working out of and how's the body? You feeling ready to go again? Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready to go for sure. Um, you know, this, it's always kind of a struggle in, in Vancouver with gyms. There's not like a lot of consistency, but I, I go at VC a little bit and a couple other gyms throughout Vancouver or Richmond. And uh, I got a Peloton this summer too, so I kind of stay in shape on that, you know, weights and all that. So ready to go and uh, be back at it in a couple weeks. Good, man. Awesome. Well, you know, nothing but continued success and let's get right into it here. Tell us about yourself and kind of where you grew up, what your life was like as as a little guy and how basketball really sort of came around for you. I mean, obviously you've had a storied career, you know, someone that I always remember because I had the opportunity to coach against you and remembered how hard it was, but you know, what you did after you left high school is phenomenal and still doing it. So this is why we're so thrilled to have um, some time with you today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, born and raised in Vancouver, obviously, uh, you know, went to private schools, VC, had a great time at VC. We, uh, we, we were, we were good. I mean, we didn't lose a lot, but, uh, <laughs> looking back, I mean, it's tough. We, we came in third, uh, grade 11, grade 12, both, both times the provincials came third, lost in the semis, um, you know, kind of got upset both times. So that was tough, you know, but obviously got heavily recruited through AAU and BC and then, uh, you know, earned a scholarship to Santa Clara, which, uh, was, you know, an amazing experience in itself. Mm-hmm. Those early years. So, did you start at VC when you were in kindergarten, like right away? No, no. Okay. Sorry, I started. I started at OLPH, so another Catholic school. Yep. Um And obviously, like you know, growing up, I played every sport. You know, basketball was huge, but soccer, baseball, hockey, football. I mean, you name it. I was pretty much playing it um, until grade nine. I think I kind of like started focusing. I played JV football. And then after grade 10, so 11 and 12 was just, I played a bit of soccer actually, grade 11 and then, but mostly basketball those, those last two years. And what was it about basketball? I mean, obviously you're big dude. So at some point you had some sort of a, you know, a growth spurt and everything, but that's not always the indicator for why, you know, someone gets drawn to a certain sport. What was it about it that made you decide to drop the other things and stick with that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, when it's younger, it's usually like what you're, your best at so that was that was definitely what I was best at <laughs> I was I was still good at other sports I was pretty good at football but I I knew I wasn't really going to be able to take it to the next level um so kind of like grade 10 you know had the had the talk with kind of my parents and coaches at the school and 
kind of just wanted to map out what it was going to look like the next few years and really wanted to kind of try to attack a scholarship for basketball. So, you know, playing football would have jeopardized that. I think Um, you never know what can happen. And so, uh, yeah, we just went with that and, you know, was heavily in the AAU with basketball BC back then, which was like, you know, the go-to thing. And uh, yeah, so it kind of all started from there. Yeah. I'm always interested to know, thanks for sharing that because you know, in the 66 episodes here, just when people start to process or think um, that they'd like to move on post-secondary, some just say, you know, never really crossed my mind. It just sort of started to happen. And cool to hear that you had that vision and goal for yourself kind of at a, you know, I mean, some people might say it's not early, but, you know, grade 9, 10-ish, starting to think, all right, I want to push for a scholarship. And, and you, that says a lot about kind of you, your background, you know, your drive and your focus, which is super cool. And then mentioning Basketball BC, somehow you're able to survive playing for like Dell and Mike Morgan and, <laughs> and yeah. you still, and you still ended up playing basketball after that, which is good. I think that also says a lot about you. Yeah. I had some, I mean, some great summers, um, <laughs> as you know, those they're, they're not easy guys. Uh, you know, those were some tough summers, but looking back on it, like I got to give them a lot of credit for, um, really helping me to get to the next level because I mean, that's where I got my scholarship going down to tournaments in, Vegas, Seattle, you know, the West Coast. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where my head coach of Santa Clara saw me playing. And without those summers, I'm definitely not where I am today. So, and honestly, like we had so much fun with those guys, like oh, Chris and, and Morg, they're so funny <laughs> and, you know, long road trips and a lot of, a lot of great memories uh, playing for them. No, nah, I'm just giving them our time. I'm actually on like a, a group thread with them. We chat all the time and your name actually comes up sometimes too. But, and, yeah. and I know, I know they got, they got just as much out of those summers as well. And, and what I think maybe we don't realize when we're young, cause you know, I grew up in the provincial team program too, playing and like what those coaches were actually getting paid for the amount of time and hours. Like, I mean, they, you know, what is super camp or tryouts in April sometimes. And then it's mid April till, till first week of August, if you go to nationals, right. And so they're doing it just to get themselves better as coaches and to to work with some high level guys too. So I know they had just as much fun, but I I can only imagine what those bus trips were like, no doubt. <laughs> oh, I mean it's unreal the yeah, what they put in for us. I'm like I'm so appreciative of of them because it's just so much time and like I always felt they really cared about me and all of us as people. You know, we I we used to do these activities where they would kind of, you know, write different things about where they saw you going and like I remember Dell telling me you know that he thought I had so much potential and that I could really play uh, in the NCAA Div 1 and and pro one day for the Canadian national team and like that was a big confidence booster for me when he kind of told me that stuff so I'm really grateful to those guys for all they did. Yeah it's interesting right when you you create goals and have vision in your mind and you think it's something that you accomplish but then you have a big mentor or coach that says that it almost makes it even more real you know. Yeah, no, yeah, without a doubt. That's awesome. And not to go back to those haunted days, but, you know, your high school experience, I, I mean, I think upon reflection, as hard as it was, you know, dealing with a couple of upsets and, and not getting where you wanted, but, you know, how many how many guys can say they played in two Final Fours and finished third back-to-back year, you know what I mean? And, and not trying to make yeah. you feel better. It's just upon reflection, like for some programs, it's just, hey, let's try to make the provincials. And you were able to be on the biggest stage. And I remember watching... Um, the one year I think it was against Dover, right in the semi, and and but yeah. just you know you got to play in the old Agrodome, right? So, what was that experience like, and what do you remember from that in terms of you know VC obviously notorious for their crazy crowds and just 
you know, bringing a great atmosphere to the Agrodome no matter what time you'd be playing. Um, you know, having your family be able to be there and be in a big arena must have been a pretty fun experience. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we uh, well, going back, we, we won in grade nine. Uh, we won the chip in grade nine and then grade 10. I, I feel like we maybe got third again or something somewhere around there. So then, you know, we had high expectations going into senior year, but it's a different game. Everybody's growing up more. Uh, you're with bigger guys. Um, but still, we were kind of confident what, what we were going to do. So, um, yeah, and, and we had, you know, we had Nate, you, me, and, uh, you know, a good supporting cast. And uh, it was just unfortunate to lose to them in, yeah, the grade 11 year. Um, and then grade 12, I mean, well, both those years, we kind of dominated, like, our area i don't think we ever lost to saints or you know well i don't think stm either uh, <laughs> but uh, <Yep. laughs> um but then you know to lose in the, in the in the final four like that was tough but uh yeah i mean it is what it is and because uh, we also had the scrubs too remember like people forget that we had uh tommy and and phil who who just kept getting better after high school they were good in high school, don't get me wrong, but I mean, as uh, in college and, and, and past, they've gotten even even much better. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing too, right, is you start to just sort of figure out as a basketball player, which we'll get into is maybe your junior year, right? And then you have your senior year, and if if you don't play after that, you you almost miss your prime technically, you know? <laughs> it's it's so interesting. Like That's, I think, what's the fun part about high school is it's so unpredictable, and there's so many different factors that have to happen you know, to have success. And you guys had two great years of, well, I mean, you won it one year in your junior years and then your senior years, you had great teams and were top in the rankings all the time and got to play with a beauty and Nate, who's a unreal guy, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you talked a little bit about that, that Santa Clara thing. How, give us a little more detail on how that came around and were there other options? What were you thinking? I mean, obviously I'm guessing UBC, SFU, UVic, all the regular schools here were recruiting you hard or maybe they weren't because they knew you know, your vision was, was to go down south, but why Santa Clara and what was the connection for you that made you want to sign that piece of paper? Yeah, I mean, obviously they, they all recruited me pretty hard locally. Um, you know, Kev's a good friend of mine. I talked to him for a while and about all, all of them, but I kind of had told them I didn't want to lead them on. I was, I was always trying to go down south. I mean, I had quite a few offers. I think my first one was St. Mary's, Coach Bennett. And then all up and down the West Coast, I had I had a good amount. So it, it was kind of a hard process, actually, to be honest, like just trying to decipher, you know, what's the best option and where should we go? And, you know, school was also really important for me mm-hmm. um, growing up. So that was a big factor, too. It wasn't just basketball, the basketball program. So there was a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, you know, once I played in the AAU tournaments, th- those junior, senior, no, sorry, grade 10 and 11 year. Um, yeah, that's when I was kind of getting all the offers. I forget how many, I don't, I don't really remember now, yeah. but I, and then I kind of narrowed it down to, I think about five. And then I went on, um, three visits. I went to Santa Clara. Um, I went to Pepperdine in Malibu, which is amazing. I've heard it's unreal. Is that campus? Yeah. Is, is it crazy? Unreal campus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and same with, I went to USD San Diego, which is mm-hmm. another, crazy campus and Santa Clara is another amazing campus. So it was a pretty uh, awesome fall just going, going and visiting schools, 
kind of like talking to everybody and, and seeing, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, and it was pretty clear once I went down there, Santa Clara was, was where I wanted to be. We had, uh, you know, a great incoming class of five freshmen. Um, the coach was great, had it kind of, you know, told me just how important I would be on the team. Um, campus was amazing, but business school was, uh, you know, top ranked. And so uh, it was kind of a pretty natural fit for me. Did you find it overwhelming? Because from my observations, never got to know you personally, but just kind of coaching against you and just sort of seeing you interact with people. I would say you're a little bit more on the introverted side. Is that a fair judgment? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so w- was it hard? Was it, was it a hard process to, you know, people have talked about, you know, those awkward phone calls every Sunday from a coach. You're like, how was your week, Mark? And you're like, listen, like <laughs> I'm 17 and a half, man. Like, I don't know. I yeah. played some vids and, you know, dunked on people, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's more just like, you don't really know. Like I found it hard to know, like, if they really thought I was important or if I was just a number, because a, a lot, a lot of these coaches, um, they do promise kids, you know, a certain role on a team and, and look like nothing's like obviously guaranteed. It's how you play. But of course. I think they, some kids do base it on, you know, what their role is going to be. So I, I knew that I didn't want to go, you know, too big. Like I didn't want to go to a huge school or I, I'd ride the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Santa Clara was kind of in like that sweet spot where I would get minutes, not right away, but I'd have to earn my time, but I could, you know, still, uh, you know, find some minutes and be a contributor. And I mean, you end up being on the all freshman team, right? And and so it was obviously the good choice, but was it outside of you and your, you know, your inner circle, your folks and whoever helped make that decision? What was it about the coaching staff that made you feel comfortable I mean, you t- touched on that. Like, how, what, what, what was the message that made you feel like, okay, they're not just feeding me something here, or did it still feel like a bit of a risk, and you're not sure? Yeah, it's kind of hard to like pinpoint one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you go on your visit, I feel like it's it's sort of a feel thing. You know, it was immediately clear how close everybody was. You know, they coaches had us over to their houses for you know barbecue. The guys took us out partying, and it was it was just a really good atmosphere. And like I said, it was just the whole package. It was it wasn't just coaching staff, but campus, business school, up and coming basketball program. Obviously, Steve Nash going there helped. So you know, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of factors. I don't think you can really just say it's one thing. Uh, you kind of what was my next question? Did you hear from Steve, or was it just you know you'd known the story and that that also just made it a little more more comfortable as well? Yeah, we had talked in high school a bit, but he wasn't like involved in me going there. It was just more like seeing that Canadians had had success there because there was also, uh, I think, I think Sean Dennison, Mm -hmm. he went there as well. And now there's been, you know, even more Canadians, which we might get to later, but, uh, it's, it's kind of been a a friendly international, uh, circuit for, for them. (laughs) If there's a, a young kid out there, 17, who's getting looked at, or, you know, is about to jump into the AAU scene, uh, what advice would you give them about the upcoming recruiting process? How, you know, if you, upon your fl- reflection of yours, is there any little nugget that you'd give them? I'm putting you on the spot, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Um, honestly, the main thing you can do is focus on 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 ball, right? Like just playing as well as you can, getting as much exposure as you can, um, playing at the highest level that you can. Um, you know, the AAU is what what worked for me. Um, 
yeah, don't get kind of caught up in some of the hype. Try to go to a school where you're you're going to play. I mean, it doesn't need to be as a freshman, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of Canadians go down there and get frustrated that they're not playing, and then they either transfer or they just end up coming back to the CIS. So, you know, try to that, – that, to me, that was huge is, is the, role, the role I was going to have. Awesome. Thanks, man. And then you get to step onto campus, probably some butterflies those first few days, but – as we've talked about many times on this show, the beautiful thing about basketball when you get, whether it's just your high school, your provincial team, or you go post-secondary, you know, you instantly have 12 or 13. You may not become super tight with everyone in that group, but there's a group of people that you can, you know, connect with right away that give you a little bit of that comfort, right? What was the sense? Did you get any sense about, okay, there's, who's this dude from Vancouver? We're going to show him what's up. Or you talked about having a young class. Was it like, was the conversation, hey, we're the young guns, let's go, let's see what we can do in four years here? Yeah, we had a great uh, freshman class, five of us. We were really tight. You know, we hung out all the time, playing video games, <laughs> movies, whatever. And so that was really, really important. But, you know, when we're coming in there, I'm like a 200-pound kid, uh, you know, coming <laughs> in the gym with these uh, four-year-older seniors who are, you know, like our center, our starting center was – massive it was like 610 280 and uh you know i'm used to pushing stm kids around you know uh, 100 um, so so it's uh it's it's definitely an adjustment um so the physicality and the intensity of it was like the major thing i, mean, I remember being in workouts uh, just feeling like i was going to throw up i just couldn't do anymore and they're just going at you coaches are pushing you so hard so it was pretty grueling the first few months for sure. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I, after that, I kind of, I did pretty well adjusting. And then by December I was starting, I kind of replaced like a junior who was, uh, who was starting. And so I, I, I just slowly got confidence and, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, too like aggressive with what I was doing. I was just playing really solid. I think that year I shot like over 65% from the field or something. It might've been like a freshman record or something. (laughs) So I was kind of just, you know, picking my spots, being efficient, rebounding. I might've scored like seven points a game, just, you know, being solid. And, uh, you know, that got me my minutes. Also, you can just get the sense from you, Mark, just being a good teammate, showing up, being reliable, you know, having a good personality about it all, the right approach. There's all those things I think add up, you know? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, ninety percent of players are role players, right? And, yeah, that's and, a good way and to put can, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you can't uh, you can't uh, be a star. Most people are not stars walking into campus their first year. So I think anybody coming from BC kind of has to have that mentality: just do the work and put your time in, and you have to earn the minutes. I love that, man. You know, selfishly for me. I just enjoyed hearing people's stories, but they're always just little nuggets. Like 90% of players are role players. Like I'm definitely using that next year with our kids. Like, <laughs> but it's true. When you think about it, like where, where and how can you fit in? You know, you're not going to be able, not everyone's going to be able to get that 25 a game. So what else outside of that? And just, I mean, you can look at any level in Europe. Mm-hmm. There's guys making millions of dollars who can literally just shoot 40% from three and that's all they do. Or look at, you know, Jay Crowder, 3 and D. Like, you know, he's he's nothing like too special, but he's an amazing defender, can hit threes, solid, just a great team player. You know, you can make a lot of money just <laughs> with the fundamentals and, and uh, hard work. Preaching on a Monday afternoon. I love it. There you go. 
It's true. And I, and I think regardless of people end up making that money or not, if you're able to be part of a team sport and accept the role and work at that role and be the best in that role, it's going to take you places in whatever you decide to do as well. For sure. And like, honestly, like winning's fun. Like it's, (laughs) I've been on lots of teams where guys were like, you know, trying to get their, get their buckets. And, uh, it's not that fun. Like, I mean, even just like, I've been the leading scorer on some of those teams and it's just not really the same, you know, this year we had a great season and like, it wasn't as much the points for me. It was, you know, the, the winning was just, a lot more fun and uh so that all helps for sure yeah i love it you're giggling but it's it is kind of funny to put it that way when you when you say it like that but it does make total sense those four years at santa clara what a career i mean we talked about it i mentioned a few of your you know down in the history books probably you know i I think your demeanor and how you just you speak you can see probably Someone might go, oh, my God, he outscored Steve Nash, but that slow and steady sort of just I'll do my thing and chip away and the minutes will come and just consistency over time, right? It's not it's not like it was a 30-point season average and then a eight. It was just this consistent sort of growth. And how was that experience? And when did you start to, you know, really think, man, I, I can and I know I will play at the next level here and, and make some money doing this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, like you said, it's a process. It wasn't like freshman year. I'm like, oh, I, I was all freshman, so I'm going pro. Like, it <laughs> definitely was was not on my radar then, you know. But you just try to get better, contribute to the team, and and you know, try to increase your role on the team. So then, you know, sophomore, junior year, you know, I'm scoring double digits. I'm, you know, starting and contributing more, you know. So so by, I would say probably junior year, that's really. I'm looking to the next level. I'm definitely starting to think like, yeah, I can play pro. I had the Italian passport, which was big. I think if your last name is Traslini, you get it by default, don't you? Like <laughs> no one even questions you probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So like, you know, agents were kind of coming and trying to say like, yeah, you have an opportunity to do this. And so it was exciting for sure. And uh, yeah, I never really looked at the, at the, the scoring turp until my senior year, but then I, I saw Steve on there and I can't lie. I'm definitely trying to pass Steve for, uh, for points, but, uh, yes, sir. It was, uh, no, it was, it was fun. And honestly, the, our last two years, well, I guess it wasn't the last two years. It was my, my junior year. We won the, the CIT, the college invitational tournament, which was, which was awesome. And, uh, the year after that, I, I had a, a tough year. I tore my ACL mm-hmm. and we, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that a lot, but, uh, that was that was a tough time for sure. So it kind of went high, super low, and then and then the next year ended off amazing too. But uh, yeah, that that senior year was was a tough one. Well, let's talk about it. So no major injuries up to that point for you. No. Yeah. yeah. So your body's always responded well to you. You know, your health has been on your side. You're starting to grow and develop, and things are looking good. And then an ACL. How does one sort of work through that and how get themselves physically and mentally ready to be at their best again that they possibly can yeah well even like the context around it was pretty tough like mm-hmm. um they kind of organized uh because every i think it's four years or three years i forget you're allowed an international trip so uh they they booked an international trip basically for me going to vancouver you know home mark's hometown playing in front of everybody first game uh, you know, super excited. Plus it's my senior year. So I'm like, you know, I'm pumped. It's going to be a great year. Let's go pro next year. 
boom. And uh, so up in Vancouver, first game, like two minutes in, I forget, we're, we're playing somewhere in the Valley, tore my ACL. And uh, I didn't even know at the time, just kind of came up like it hurt, but not too bad. I, I warmed up in the second half and tried to play because just thought it was some kind of muscle thing. Um, and then I tore my meniscus warming up. And at that point, I knew I was going to be out for a while. So but uh, the next few days was was really rough because went and got the MRI and uh, was in a lot of physical pain, obviously. But once they told me that my ACL and meniscus were torn and that it would be, you know, six to nine months, that was pretty crushing. You know, just basketball was my, you know, a huge part of my identity um, mm-hmm. and had such high ambitions for what I wanted to do. And so that put kind of my whole life into question because even at that time i feel like like in the nba now it seems like all all these stars are getting like serious injuries like look at kd with the with the achilles how he responded but i don't know back then i I feel like you just didn't really see it as much happening and uh you know so i a lot of doubt about whether i would ever be the same um so that was really tough really tough six to nine months for me yeah you're talking the way you talk sound like you're old man you're not that old but 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 it is true i remember i got um i had a stress fracture no not a stress fracture what did i have same thing as amari had like um on my knee and he was like the only one that had had this surgery and i was like let's see how he does with it and he basically it was never the same i was like awesome i'm gonna be a really bad 60 year old man but once kind of and like what a crazy story right when you think about the home trip, you know, family's got, they're already, everyone's going to be out there in their jerseys or whatever. And, and things don't go that well. And then that happens. How, like, where do we take it after we process it all? Um, rehab begins right away. Do we jump in and just, you know, work on school and, and the body and just then get everything ready for the following year? Or did you give yourselves two months to, uh, feel sorry for yourself a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, we did it right away. Luckily I, you know, I had, the university has a lot of resources so we got the surgery like a couple weeks later that went really well then had kind of talks with my coaches and decided to do the you know the red shirt I was in a really good position academically so I basically graduated early uh like I forget I finished my courses like six months earlier or something and started my MBA I think in the winter so hey, I gotta let's head. go had a boy yeah so I got a head start on that, which was awesome. And then I, the next year, then I basically almost finished my MBA. Um, you know, so that was a huge, a huge silver lining for me was, was finding an opportunity, you know, during that <laughs> tough time. That was really big for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, the rehab's tough. Like anybody who's gone through it knows it's just a long grind. It's very slow in the beginning. Um, you know, it's a two, two months of really tough work and pain and pushing through. And then once you kind of get back able to run, it's just retraining yourself. Um, you know, the rehab was a lot. It was pretty much every day with the training staff there, a couple hours, um, just stand on top of it. And, uh, you know, by the end, my, uh, injured leg was stronger than my other leg. So honestly, since then it's been, uh, it's been amazing. Awesome, man. Did you ever fear or did you not even think about like, okay, I'm going to get replaced or were you just in your own head thinking if I do this right and take care of myself, I can get myself back? 
Yeah, well, I wasn't so much worried about like Santa Clara. I was worried about yeah. would I be able to still play pro, right? I mean, right. Because, yeah, even like just mentally, it's really tough in the beginning. I remember being like super nervous about certain moves, like, you know, doing like a spin and going off like your left leg and putting all your, your weight on one leg. Like I would just think about it for like a month. I was thinking about it like every time I stepped on it, you know, <laughs> and you can't play ball like that. So, but it was just, you know, after that, you kind of just get used to it. I was wearing the, the knee sleeve for a while and uh, it just got stronger and stronger. And, uh, but yeah, the, the mental side of it was, was definitely harder than the physical side because it's just like a lot of doubt, a lot of anxiety about, you know, if you're still going to be able to do this long-term. And what was it? what did you do? Did you read books? Did you, you know, talk to the medical staff daily? Did you use your family? Did you have it in within yourself? Just always interested to know how people get through those times mentally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of it's the stuff you said, you know, talking to your family, your friends, I had a supportive girlfriend who's now my wife who helped me a lot. You know, my mom came and lived with me for a couple of weeks in the very beginning. And then, yeah, just using the resources at the school. Like, you know, we had like a sports psychologist who I talked to who helped me a lot just initially. And then after that, it's just kind of like time, like time heals all. And after a while, you kind of just, uh, you know, you get over it and, you know, you get back to doing what you've done all your life. When did Canada basketball start to come in for you? When did you get your first crack at, at something like that experience? Yeah, that was earlier. That was uh, junior played, Nats. Yeah, junior national. We we played uh, U nineteen World Championships. Um, I think that was in New Zealand or yeah, New Zealand or Argentina or somewhere somewhere far away. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was a great experience. I mean, you know, I came up with some really good players too. You know, like Tristan Thompson was playing, Kelly Olenek, Corey Joseph. Um, you know, that class. We were, we were pretty good um, and we did pretty well, but just, you know, being one of the top, whatever, 12, 12 guys at, at 19 in, in Canada was, you know, something I was really proud of and a great experience for me and kind of just helped me keep building, uh, you know, my skills. Putting that Canadian jersey on the first time, what's that experience like? Oh, yeah. So, so special. I mean, hard to describe really, but yeah, playing for your country is such a, such a big honor and um you know then i played with i'm trying to think how many years i played with them for i don't really remember but i got a chance to then play with the development team for a while i know i think it was one of your last guests casey i played with him on there um yeah yeah <laughs> we had a good uh we had a good uh couple tournaments there and then um yeah a couple years ago then playing with the senior team for uh for qualifying during during the season was uh was a great experience too you know playing with the real so your national team was was pretty cool i'd love to see you get a crack at it again i think you deserve it but uh, no- well i mean it's it was a tough uh tough summer for them i was uh i was really hoping i, I mean it was looking good until uh you know that check was a czech republic yeah, yeah. Czech republic game yeah pretty surprising how it all played out but you know yeah my, the, my brother's in victoria and we you know we had uh tickets we you know it's just it, i think it just would have been a special event for for basketball in our province in in general right lots of people coming from the mainland over for a week and then obviously covid hits and it gets put back a whole year and then 
you know, it kind of cleans up and then they're not allowed to have people. And then it was like, I don't even know, 10% or something. And I feel like, you know, we, there was an opportunity to at least have the crowd or something there to support them too. And then watching it was, oh, it was tough. So tough. And and honestly, like we get, we get a, a bad rep for, you know, we have so much talent and we can never kind of get over the hump. But, uh, you know, these, these other teams, these European teams, especially are just, they, they have the same teams for five, 10 years and all their guys are, you know, play so well together, you know, it just shows you that it's not just about talent. It's kind of, you know, how you play, how you gel as a team too. Absolutely. With what's happening with the U S right now and them losing, you know, (laughs) right. And I think a lot of people are really bringing that out. Something that we've all known for a while, but to actually see it happen, you realize, okay, a FIBA is a whole different game and B these teams are they're Yeah. They're bonded and legit. Right. Whereas you can tell the U S are kind of just been thrown together. I mean, three guys just got on a plane after the finals, right? So it's yeah. a it's a different environment for sure. It's kind of what's fun about basketball. It's really not just about skill. There's so many different factors, um, you know, in putting together a winning team. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I hope, they, I hope they figure it out. I mean, they should be able to. But, yeah, first loss in, like, what, since 04 or something like that? Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> It'll be <laughs> interesting to see what happens. But then it's like, oh, yeah, the U.S. have to play the check to get knocked out. And I'm like man oh my god just like one day we'll be there we'll be able to cheer them on at the olympics but right for now we hope the women do well and we'll see what the men can do in the next few years yeah exactly yeah man all right so the career sort of wraps up you have a great senior season degrees done you're already on to the next level school wise which is super dope talk about that process of figuring out who and where you're going to go play after your time is done at Santa Clara, you know, was there was there some stuff in the NBA? Did you get some workouts in, or were you just thinking European, European right away? Well, actually, yeah. First, I should just say we we had an amazing senior year, like our best year for in a while, and we ended up winning the College Basketball Invitational, which is actually a pretty big tournament after the NIT, um, and that was that was a pretty big deal. Um, we beat some really good teams on the way, and. Uh, so that was really fun to be able to win your last college game. You know, most most guys don't get to do that. Um, so it was a really cool experience just being able to to win a championship to end it all off, you know, with, with my senior class. And so that was that was awesome. Um, but kind of transitioning after that, you know, you have you have very little time because the agents are on you and you've got workouts to kind of schedule. So, yeah, I signed with uh, Bill Duffy, who who was uh, Steve Nash's agent. So we kind of had the, the Santa Clara connection and uh, got me some workouts. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ever projected to, to get drafted, but you know, at that age, you're kind of like, let's do some workouts and see what happens, impress some people. So of course I wanted to go to the league, but uh, you know, wasn't in the cards. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a lot of Italian teams that wanted me. So uh, my agent kind of got me a, into the first league in Italy, um, which ended up being a, a really good thing. When did your girlfriend become your wife? Like, did she travel with you through all this or? <laughs> yeah. So that's a bit of a long story, but, uh, <laughs> she, uh, we were together for a while. We did long distance overseas for, for two years. And then she came, we got engaged and she kind of moved in with me, um, during the third year in Italy. And, uh, then we got married a couple years later. Nice. And how was that experience those first couple of years playing professional basketball in Europe? Were the places you were in, you know, 
they loved you if you're winning or they hated you if you're losing or what was the environment <laughs> like and and uh just a different brand of basketball that you probably have ever seen right yeah an amazing experience for sure i mean just first of all being in italy you know mm-hmm. where my family's from just being immersed in the culture the food picking up you know italian as i went um was just a lot of fun for me um did you get the opportunity as a family to to travel back when you were younger like many times or yeah yeah we we did we I still have lots of family there right so like you know, i had family coming to the games that's awesome yeah i went to italian school when i was younger so i kind of was able to pick the language back up and get fluent again um so it was really cool to just you know kind of be in in the culture again but yeah, the basketball for sure is it's different. I mean, going from college basketball, which is so team focused, you know, it just I don't know, it's hard to say, but just collective, like, you know, everything's about the team. And uh going pro, it's like, you know, it's pretty cut it's pretty cutthroat, honestly. Like you can't you can't really be a nice guy um when you're playing pro. Like, you know, you got you got guys that are older, have families, have bills, and they're coming for you, you know. So definitely a mentality shift and i came in you know me i'm the introvert nice guy and <laughs> kind of like you know let's go like let's play and uh you know kind of had to shift how i did things um but uh no it was it was really fun for the first couple of years playing in italy and being with some some good groups of guys so yeah nothing but but good things to say yeah so you're not like you're not changing who you are, but do you find you're just maybe a little bit more aware, like a little bit more of like less naive, kind of like, all right, this is this is the real deal. So maybe sometimes when I force baseline, there's not going to be any help today. So yeah, it'll look like it's yeah. my guy, like just be more aware. Well, it's like you just you just realize it like, you know, like a lot of times a guy will make an extra pass in college or or when there's not money <sighs> on the line. But, you know when we're talking about contracts and stuff, these guys are, you know, they're getting their shots up. And so you gotta, you gotta pick and choose. Cause you can't just be out there, you know, chucking threes, but uh, you got to find your spots and find where you can really establish yourself. Um, so that was like a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. And it honestly probably wasn't until my second year that I kind of perfected that. Cause I had a little bit of a tougher second year. I played on one of the better teams in Italy and we, we had a lot of really good players and um, I just didn't play as much. I didn't shoot the ball as much. So that third year I came back and was just super aggressive. And since then I've just been, uh, you know, super aggressive with everything that I do, scoring a lot more. And so, yeah, it kind of took a couple years to get used to it. Yeah, I think that's fair. But probably that second year is a good experience. And you're like, okay, now I've seen it. I've gone against these guys every day. I can hang and I'm not going to sit back anymore. I'm going to really push and not necessarily like look out for me. That's not what we're saying. It's more of just an understanding of who you are as a player now as a pro, right? No, yeah, for sure. A lot of lessons along the way. Awesome. Loving the stories. This is great, man. Um, you're so well-spoken. Great to share your story and have everybody hear it. How the heck did you end up in Japan, though? Okay, so so three years in Italy, and you know what um, the term sore thumb is, right? Just to know, yeah, <laughs> they must yeah. love you though. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I actually did a year in France uh, between that after Italy, um, which was pretty cool too. Just uh, you know, because you know the Canadian, uh, the, the elementary school French kind of came back <laughs> a little bit, and uh, 
just a, a pretty cool country to be honest with you like paris amazing and uh, i lived in a cool city near a lot of other different countries and so that was a pretty cool experience but um yeah so we got married the year after france the summer after france and uh we're on our honeymoon in jamaica and i get an email from my agent saying uh we have this offer in japan and i'm like japan like i never heard anybody who played in japan kind of discounted a little bit like oh let's just see what else there is you know it ended up being for considerably more money than i was making and kind of you know a cool city up and coming league so my agent just really recommended that i go there and uh we kind of took a chance and uh i thought i'd be in europe my whole career i thought i'd be in italy france spain all these type teams but um honestly going to japan was a, a great decision seeing a really cool part of the world great people super professional money a lot more than what i could have made in europe you know so i've spent the past uh, four years and it'll be five next year that's awesome man who would have thought you and robbie sacre hey at some point <laughs> It's actually crazy. It's actually crazy how it played out because, yeah, I mean, getting over there. Yeah, my first year, he had been there the year before. And then, you know, I, I'm looking around to see who else plays in Japan. And, you know, Skomo's there and, yeah. uh, and, and Rob's there. And, uh, you know, so I play against Rob like early in the, in, the, in the season. And then, you know, him, he's just, you know, he's Robbie. Us super loud and we're talking <laughs> before the game like crazy like what's going on like welcome to japan and and it was really cool and that and that that year actually we both ended up making the all-star team um and played on the same team together it was a pretty cool experience you know playing with him two canadians playing in the japanese all-star game <laughs> that is awesome man it's hilarious when you think of it but also super <laughs> super cool yeah yeah <laughs> and what is it like what what's the you know i mean you know, Japanese, Chinese people love basketball, right? Like the culture, I mean, you must be, do you, are you, is it to the point where you kind of recognized when you're walking around or is it like, what's the, what's the club like? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I mean, first of all, just cause you're six, eight and, and yeah. white, everybody, yeah. you know, there's not too many of those walking around. <laughs> uh, so you're recognized for that. They know you're kind of doing something different, but yeah, you know, depending on what city you're in, the fans are, are really dedicated and they're awesome and a lot of them will recognize you when you're out and it's it is different from europe like the fans in europe are pretty ruthless <laughs> you know like when when you're winning everything's cool you're all's good but the moment you start losing a couple games in a row i mean they're on you they're, they want the coach fired you know all this stuff but japanese fans they will clap for you no matter what so it's pretty it's pretty nice and like another weird thing like I don't know if you've heard how, how they give gifts. Like after the game, we'll we'll do like a, a lap of the arena, and they'll just hand out bags of stuff to you. Like you know, it could be chocolates. It, some guys get money. Like some guys get coffee cards or whatever. I mean, there's just they're just such nice people. Um, it's it's been awesome for me and my family, just feeling super safe and accepted and and comfortable there. That's cool, man. Has the extended family had the opportunity to come out? Yeah, yeah, they've they've they visited, and that's been really cool too. You know, they getting to see different parts of Japan. You know, there's some really cool cities: Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto. Yeah, South North. I mean, there's just so much to see. It's a great spot to visit um, and to live. You know, and the next you what we usually transition to is life after basketball. But you know what? I'm superstitious. We're not even going to go there. You've got lots of years left. You got long young legs and and um, 
I know you've got some some work to put in still, so we wish you nothing but success. You ready for some fun questions before we let you go? Yeah, thank you. I don't know about lots more years, but, uh, you know, we'll see. At least one more. <laughs> Are you starting to think about it? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. starting to think about it. I mean, I think... It, Is it, does having the kid change things a little bit for you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you got to start thinking about it once they get to kids a, to school age. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we want to have another one, too. So it just gets harder, you know, as your family grows. And, uh, you know, plus... 30, 31, 32 is not that old in basketball years, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's crazy to think that you're that old, man. I'm only 43, but I'm like, I just, you know, I just, when you coach against someone in high school, you just assume that they're always that much younger, you know, but yeah, yeah. I got guys that I used to coach that are taking me out golfing and stuff nowadays. So I guess I am kind of becoming an old fart as I look at my gray goatee here. So (laughs) well, good on you. And I know whatever you, you know, whatever you decide and choose to do, you'll, you'll be successful. So but you're right, you know, the little one does change things a little bit. And, you know, especially culturally in a place like Japan and where you want them to be raised and all that stuff. And like you say, school age, and you don't want them to be going back and forth, you know, home to Vancouver for a bit, back there for a bit. It just becomes a juggling act. And then it's hard on your wife too, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, there's guys that, that I mean, you either retire or, uh, you know, a lot of guys spend the year away from their families. And yeah. that's... Uh, that's not something I would ever do. Um, you know, so it just, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a tough thing, but honestly, like basketball can't, can't go forever. I'm, uh, privileged in that I, you know, I have some, I think some good credentials to get established after basketball. So, uh, I'm also looking forward to that next phase of life whenever it uh, happens. And you've talked about that a lot and all the different opportunities and playing the game. Who are some of the greatest players you've played against, do you think? Yeah, I'll give you a couple. Um, so we played against Kawhi um, at San Diego State my, uh, I think it was freshman year, freshman or sophomore year. So, uh, yeah, he's a pretty good one. He was super athletic and just, like, really gifted. But I didn't think he would be an all-star back then. It was just, right. you know, he was just dunking on people and rebounding and all that. Yeah, I've just heard that like when he does things like all the testing and stuff, he's just off the charts in terms of yeah. like all that stuff, right? So I can, you know, a young rock, why must have been, you know, oh my God. Yeah, just just a force. Um, did he get yeah, you? So, he didn't bang on you, did he? No, no, no he, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, I think I was probably smart and got out the way, but uh, <laughs> but uh, they, they definitely beat us. They had a good team. So yeah, he was good. And then another all-star, uh, Paul George. He, uh, he was actually supposed to go to Santa Clara. Um, funny story. Like, what? so that visit that I went on to Santa Clara, yeah. me and him stayed at the Marriott together in the same room. No way. He was committed to go to Santa Clara. So he was going. And then, uh, I believe he decommitted because like his dad, he wanted to be closer to his family who were, who were in Fresno. Right. Okay. Um, so he ended up going to Fresno state. And, uh, but we, we could, we could have been really good if, if PG was on the squad with us. Crazy. So yeah, he was, he was super gifted too, but he could also shoot. So, you know, I would have said PG would have been better eventually, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Do, you feel, do guys, you feel partially responsible that he didn't commit? Like what, what did you snore or like leave toothpaste <laughs> all over the sink or what, man? What, like, he was, what? he was like actually really quiet. Like he was, he, he, he seems pretty talked. laid back. Yeah, he barely talked the whole time, I remember. And uh, so, yeah, it was kind of, it was weird. But yeah, it would have been, uh, looking back at it, it would have been pretty nice. (laughs) 
I don't know if PG went, you might not have been number six all time in the scoring. That's though, true. But yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I don't Maybe know. you've been higher in the rebounding, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about ketchup on macaroni? <laughs> um, I don't really like ketchup on much of anything and I don't really like macaroni either. So uh, <laughs> I would say no. Ah, the Italiano. Here we go. Okay. What's the go-to pasta? You know, what, what do Oof. we got? Yeah. We know there's some home, there's some home sauce, there's some homemade pasta. What is it? What's the, when you get off that plane from Japan, sit down, what's that first home cooked meal? Yeah. My mom's gnocchi is, is pretty legendary. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, uh, made from scratch with the, with the tomato sauce that she makes. So pretty tough to beat that. St. Thomas More Collegiate, 7450 12th Avenue, Burnaby, BC, <laughs> uh, V3N2K1. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Awesome. So just no dice, eh? Hey? And your kid, like, not even there. There won't even be a question. The ketchup won't even be on the table, will it? Oh, actually, no. That, that's funny because he loves ketchup. <laughs> so, oh. so, like, he, I cringe every time I see it. Like, it's yep. just like, uh, you, we really have to do it. But, I, I mean, I want him to be big and whatever helps him to eat, you know? Like, uh, yep. he, he he gets pretty picky. He's two. So, like, he's kind of at that age, oh, right? Like. I got bad news for you, man. <laughs> I hope it gets better. Does it get better? Some things do. Some things do. The eating, <laughs> the eating is a grind though. The eating is, cause it's not about, it's not about eating now. It's about like, I know when I get to choose when I want to eat because I'm a person and I can speak up for myself. Right. So that's the battle. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're hungry, you just friggin' eat, but, but I'm going to eat when I'm ready. Okay, cool. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of, we, we go with uh, YDY in our house. You do you, Elijah. Yeah. You, do, you yeah. do you, man. Well, yeah, he definitely has that mentality. He does what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> they all say it'll pay off in the end, but it's hard to deal with while you're in it. And I'm sure you're a great dad. So he's in Thank good hands, you, yeah. man. Yeah. And he loves sports, which is fun. So he's always trying to, you know, shoot and do different stuff. So that's a lot of fun. Do you read much? You reader? Yeah, I, I, well, I used to read like all the time. Yeah, like a book a week probably, but now it's pretty tough with with yeah. uh, with him. <laughs> yeah. So, is there a book that stuck with you for a long time, or a quote, or I got a couple recommendations off the top of your head that anybody that's a reader might like? Um, let me see. I mean, I've, I've read tons of books, so it's hard to pick. Like, let me see. Sapiens was a good one. That's a pretty common one that, that some people will, will know. Okay. Um, I really like that one. I like history and quotes. There's so many too. Um, I kind of like you are what you repeatedly do. That's, that's a good one because it's just like consistency is so important to me. Like, you know, a lot of people talk about doing things and, but they don't actually put in the work on a daily basis, you know, and if, you know, if you're eating crappy, then how do you expect to, you know, be healthy, right? Like it's, it's stuff's pretty simple. I try to keep things as simple as possible um, and just be consistent with it. Gets you far, man. That's good. I love it. Um, what about music? Are you much of a music guy? Yeah, I love music. I mean, okay. obviously hip hop, house. Whoa. Uh, okay. I, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, okay, hip hop here. What do we, what, what do we got? What's on the Spotify? What are, you know, <laughs> who, are, who are some of the artists? Well, I mean, Drake's probably number one. Um, Got to stay with my Canadian guy. But, uh, oh my God. Okay. All right. He is. I, yeah, I, yeah, right. I, he did say he was only like 31. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, no, but I listen to new stuff, old stuff, pretty much everything, honestly. 
if you had a choice for one concert, best best seat in the house, you're going to Drake, or is there some something else you're going to go see? No, like um, all time, dead or alive, anything. Yeah, dead or alive, your choice, best seat. You get to choose. Then I'm going either Tupac or Biggie for sure. Okay. Yeah, because like I could see Drake anytime, but um, uh, I would like to see one of those guys for sure. Well, that's a little bit of a that's a point guard and a power forward body thinking right there. That's what I like <laughs> to hear. That's what I like to hear. And you know, people think they say someone alive, and no one thinks like that, right? What do you okay. got for me? Who would you Who would you see? I gotta go. I gotta go see Outcast. Andre's my favorite, and Andre is my favorite. I would love to see Pac or Biggie for sure. Those would probably, I mean, I've seen Jay-Z a handful of times. I've seen Kanye. I went to the Up and Smoke tour with like Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Ice Cube. Yeah, I like I like concerts. But yeah, I mean, if you get the opportunity to see Pac and Biggie. Yeah, that'd know. be cool. Yeah. If you're feeling, you know, you talked about doing repeated things, but maybe if you break the cycle a bit and you grab a bag of chips or two, what are you getting at the store? Like any type of snacks or desserts? Yeah, yeah. Mostly, you know, it's a it's a chip focused question. It's very passionate <laughs> on this show, so no pressure. But uh, is there is there something that that you know when you walk in, if you had a choice? Because I mean, sometimes we rotate the chips, right? You know, can't get the same thing every time. But if you haven't had them in a while, what bag are you getting? Yeah, if they're chips, I'm probably going kettle. Like you Flavor? know, the honey dijon. Yeah, oh, the, honey the dijon yellow bags. Oh yeah, yeah. Those hard, are those are tough. Right those there. are hard to put down. Yeah, yeah. But they are tough. I try to keep it out of the house because if they're there, I'm going to eat them all. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. That is that is how it goes. It's like you either have the bag or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been some of the most important people in your life? I mean, got to be family. I would, you know, I mean, early on, definitely my parents, amazing role models, raised me so well. Just really lucky to have them. And then kind of, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, my wife has been so important and, and my son. So, you know, that's probably th- those those people definitely most important to me. Awesome. A uh, couple more questions for you. One's controversial and kind of annoying at times. Or who do you think's the greatest basketball player of all time in your mind? Or, yeah, go for it. Oh, he's ready. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that needs, I don't think that's controversial. I mean... M- MJ for me is the goat. Who is who did you look up to when you were younger though? Was it MJ or were there others? Um, I, I wish I was a bit old. I wish that I was a bit older when you know MJ when they went on the run. Mm-hmm, the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of like under ten. So when I was growing up, it was KG. Um, that was my guy because yes. I just I loved how he played. Um, you know, I was a big, but I liked his skills and his turnaround was just <laughs> crazy and just the passion that he played with, even though I didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't ever close to that kind of level of passion, but, uh, but just watching him was so much fun to me. Yes. He's like top, <laughs> he's like top five for me easily. Magic's my favorite all time. KG's somewhere, he's somewhere in two or three. So my yeah. man, nice. Loving that. Competitor. Yeah. You are still in the thick of it. You've talked, you've given lots of great reflection um, this has been a you know a great episode and and thankful for for you for sitting down. But up to this point, knowing that there's still more life and things to do and accomplish, but you do it all again, you would what? Whew, uh, yeah, I don't. Re- those hypotheticals to me are, are uh, I don't know if I would change anything just because you know if you change something, then everything could end up differently. I really like where I'm at right now, and uh, 
super happy in, in my life. So I just, you know, hope uh, the health continues and, uh, you know, we'll see where things go. Great stuff, man. Us too. We, we hope the health continues. Stand up, classy guy. You know, it was an honor for you to kick our ass for so many years at St. Thomas More. <laughs> and you've continued to kick ass all over the place, literally um, all over the world. Any kind of last thoughts or comments before uh, you're on your way and get a few minutes of silence before your little guy wakes up? Who's winning VCSTM this year? Ooh, you know what? Wow, you're just going to throw it at me like that, hey? <laughs> I mean... I can. You know what's going to be so interesting is this year off of COVID, right? Like, because uh, no, there were no games. So it's going to be just so interesting because when you ask me that, I can think of what we would have had last year but I'm kind of like what VC I'm, I'm rambling VC's had the upper hand the last little bit I'll, I'll be I'm not you know I'm, I'm man enough to admit it alright <laughs> but who sees you know you never know you'll never, never know. know we'll see well I'll be following I'll, I'm excited I always like seeing what the private schools are doing hopefully uh, we, we beat you guys beat Saints and uh, you know take down the title <laughs> <laughs> And there it is, episode 66 in the books. A stud, a legend, great human being. Mark, thanks for being with us, man. Um, all the best to you and your family as you get ready to travel back, and we hope you have a great season this year. Aaron, thanks so much. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll be tuned into the next episodes. You got it. Like and subscribe. Um, thanks to our listeners, our sponsors, and uh, we'll see you for episode uh, number 67. 